Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. What's up, everyone? We are so glad that you are here with us. If this service has been blessing you so far, go ahead and click share, because how many of you know that sharing what Jesus is doing in your life on your social media platforms is actually a part of what it looks like to share the gospel right now in 2020? So last week, we started a brand new series called Nurturing a, a uh, Secret History with God. And in this series, we are looking at what does it look like to foster a, a deeper, uh, just more intimate relationship with God. Because nurturing a secret history with God gives us the strength that we need in our lives, but it also gives us the strength that we need to uh, give away grace and all of the things that other people need as well in this crazy time. And last week, Putty, he did a phenomenal job of unpacking that this, this secret history with God, it happens in the context of spiritual disciplines or, or spiritual rhythms oftentimes. And what we learned is that uh, disciplines like silence and solitude, which he taught on last week, if you loved his message, go ahead and drop some heart emojis in the comments and in the chats for him right now. Uh, what we learned is that God meets us in disciplines like these. And we are going to continue that conversation. And I'm excited to talk about a spiritual discipline that has been really fruitful in my life. We're going to look at how fasting nurtures a secret history with God. Now, I know that when I just said fasting, many of you probably thought intermediate fasting or intermittent fasting, um, one of those, you know what I'm talking about. It's super popular in our culture right now because of all of the health benefits, right? Like uh, keeps your weight down and it helps your, you know, like digestive system and things of that nature. And we're not ignoring all of those health benefits of, of intermittent fasting, uh, but that's not the focus of what we're looking at today. What we're looking at is what does it look like to fast in faith? And what does that even mean? So what is fasting in faith? Fasting, we'll define it this way, is willingly abstaining from a specific need or desire for a limited amount of time. And it is for every single believer. It's for all of us. And fasting actually is a part of what we as a church uh, feel like the Lord has invited us into specifically through Jesus's words in Matthew 6. In Matthew 6, Jesus gives an invitation to do three things specifically. He, he gives an invitation to give, to pray, and to fast. And he, he, he kind of says that like the fruit of this as we do it together will be unity and humility. And in Matthew 6 verse uh, 17 and 18, he specifically talks about fasting. And this is our, our main text for uh, today. This is what it says. It says, when you fast, this is Jesus talking, when you fast, don't let it be obvious, but instead wash your face and groom yourself and realize that your father in the secret place 
is the one who is watching all that you do in secret and will, uh, will continue to reward you openly. This is Jesus talking. It's the Son of God. He is our model, our example. We love to say around here that he is not just an example uh, for us, but of us. And he is saying, when you fast, not if you decide to, but when you fast, do it this way, right? What's the implication? The implication is that fasting is actually a part of what it looks like to be a son or daughter of God. But let's be honest, like how, it, how is fasting relevant in our lives right now? Like, like, is it really relevant right now with what we are facing, with what we are going through? Aren't we kind of already fasting anyway? Aren't we in the fast? Why would I give up something else, right? Um, I mean, I can't, we can't go out on date nights. We can't go hang out with our friends at restaurants. Aren't we already kind of fasting? What is the purpose of fasting in faith? Why is this relevant? See, what we're going to discover today is that fasting in faith purges the undesirable, and it unlocks potential and power. So let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you so much, Lord, for this gift of fasting. We thank you, God, for the opportunity to nurture a history with you that gets us through challenging times, but it also um, just makes us thankful for the fact that we have such a good father. So, Lord, I invite your presence to come. I pray that you would open ears, open hearts, do whatever you want to do tonight. Speak through me in Jesus' name. Amen. So I remember the day I realized that my wife was tougher than me. Um, Yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday. I know... um, I know some of the guys are like, wait, what's happening? Ladies, you can go ahead and drop a, a flexing emoji in the chat right now. Go ahead and drop it in there. Um, guys, I know maybe some of you don't want to hear this, but uh, let me help you out. It's true. Um, just, just believe it. I, I once was in your place. I did not believe it myself. Uh, but I remember the day that I became a believer. It was January 16th, 2019. Now, this was the day that I saw with my own eyes my wife, give birth to our second born, Levi. And this was a day that I will never forget what happened to me. I mean, what happened to her and uh, just what she experienced. Um, it, it was an intensity in the room that was so, I don't know, I can't describe the intensity in that moment. I felt like this was like a movie or something that I was living in. And then when Levi finally arrived, that all just like dispersed. And I remember this, this overwhelming sense of love came from my wife. I, my, my love for her just went to a completely new level. And I remember I just appreciated her sacrifice and her willingness to be uncomfortable to give birth to our, to, to our uh, second-born Levi. And it was, it, it was like something that has stuck with me uh, really since then. And, you know, ladies, we just want to say thank you for doing all of the things that you do that, that we cannot do. Thanks for giving birth. Thanks for, uh, you know, like uh, nursing and caring babies, doing all the things that uh, we cannot do, but we so appreciate. See, there is something that is so attractive about sacrifice. You know, we, we love movies and TV shows and all of those things that show one character sacrificing for the greater good of everyone else. 
We, you know, we love to celebrate in our nation. We love to celebrate our military because they are willing to give the ultimate sacrifice. Even right now, we are celebrating uh, and rallying around our essential workers, like our doctors and our nurses. And uh, we, we love our doctors and nurses who are a part of this church family. Um, so shout out to, to Gabe. He's over at Carl. Uh, shout out to Susan. She's at Carl. Juan, we love you. He's at OSF. And we love all of our doctors and our nurses here. And why do we celebrate them and why do we rally around them? Well, it's because they are willing to put themselves in a vulnerable and uncomfortable position for our sake. There is something that is so attractive about sacrifice. And at the core of this word, sacrifice, is another word, discomfort. And, you know, as much as we will rally around sacrifice and discomfort and those who are willing to put themselves in that place, we'll start Instagram accounts and things like that for them. If we're all being honest, if we're being real, self-included, we do everything in our natural power to not be uncomfortable or to sacrifice. We, we will avoid it at all costs. And if we're being honest, fasting sounds uncomfortable. That, that actually sounds a little bit discomforting. And it's one of those things that, hey, if you decide to fast, I celebrate that. Uh, I don't know if that's for me, though. You know, that, that's, that's often our heart posture behind it. Generally speaking, aren't we so wired to believe that discomfort equals bad and comfort equals good? If it feels uncomfortable, then it's probably bad for me. If it feels comfortable, then it's probably good for me. We are prone to prioritize comfort. Now, I don't want you to hear what I'm not trying to say. I'm not saying that comfort in and of itself is a bad thing. It is not a bad thing. But what happens is, is that as, as we sort of uh, prioritize uh, over time these desires for comfort, it can begin to influence our relationship with Jesus. And we can begin to lose sight of his love for us. And we can begin to lose sight of his purposes in our lives and uh, just the love that he has for us. And it can also begin to influence our souls where we, we sort of start to pursue the things that make us feel comfortable in all of our desires without any sort of boundaries. We, we say, well, I'm, I'm going to just do what I want. I'm going to say what I want. Uh, I'm going to go where I want. And life sort of becomes about filling ourselves up with the things that bring us pleasure and filling ourselves up with the things that bring us comfort. But even in all of that, there is still that innate desire to celebrate those who are willing to be uncomfortable. Why, uh, uncomfortable. Why is that? Well, I would like to suggest that it is because we are made in the image of God, you and I. And it is in God's nature. God's presence has always been attracted to sacrifice. God's presence is attracted to discomfort. That is why his spirit is called the comforter. And all throughout the Bible, we see examples of God showing up uh, and responding uh, because of the sacrifices of his people. I think the most significant um, example of this is the sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus sacrifices himself for us. And what happens? God responds by releasing salvation and relationship to all humanity, making it available to all humanity. The kingdom of God has always been advanced through sacrifice. And fasting 
is one of the most ancient and biblical forms of personal sacrifice. Now, so what do you do? You know, if your faith feels dull, if it feels unsatisfying, or if there's a cloud of confusion just over your head, or, or if you're just looking to actually nurture more humility in your life, or if you're looking to just foster a deeper um, spiritual relationship and connection with the Lord, well, you can lean into the connection that you already have with him through fasting and prayer. Why? Because fasting nurtures a fruitful connection with God. Some of you are thinking probably right now, like, yeah, 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 I've tried that. Brandon, I, I tried that and nothing happened. Um, my situation didn't change. I didn't feel any different. Um, nothing really happened. So there's probably some discouragement or some disappointment around fasting. But may I suggest that maybe the discouragement and the disappointment around fasting is actually rooted in a misunderstanding about fasting? Or maybe there's, you know, you're probably like, yeah, yeah, I tried it and I just failed. I couldn't do it. So what's the point of trying again? Listen, whatever your, you know, hesitation is in considering fasting— I believe that the Lord wants to release some uh, significant things in your life and in my life in this season through fasting. So I want to go back to our main text in Matthew 6, verse 17 and 18, because Jesus says so much. And I think we got to pay attention to what he's saying here. This is is what it says. We're going to read it one more time. When you fast, don't let it be obvious, but instead wash your face and groom yourself and realize that your father in the secret place is the one who is watching all that you do in secret and will continue to reward you openly. So what is Jesus saying in this text? He's saying, hey, guys, it is dangerous to fast for the praises of other people. It's, it's dangerous to, to, to fast looking for affirmation or to try to come across as being way more spiritual or, or way more holy than you actually are. He is emphasizing this important link between humility and fasting. And he is, he's teaching that actually this idea of humility is at the center of fasting. Then he goes on to say that what happens is that the father begins to start, he starts working on the inside of you and what the father does in the secret place and in secret inside of you through your connection with him, it begins to overflow and become visible in public. What is Jesus saying? He's saying that fasting in faith nurtures a fruitful connection with the Lord. Now, biblically speaking, you know, fasting was often connected to abstaining from, uh, from food for a specific amount of time. You can maybe fast from food for half of the day or for an entire day, three days or 40 days. But you can also fast from other things as well. You know, you can fast from TV or from Netflix. You can fast social media. Married couples can fast from sex if they want. It's technically biblical. Uh, both parties have to be in agreement with that. Um, I'll fast from food. Um, you could also fast Starbucks. We are all fasting Starbucks kind of right now. Um, or you can fast from sweets as well. There's so many different things. See, whatever it is that you are fasting, at the core of fasting is this idea of personal sacrifice 
and abstinence. It is us willfully putting ourselves in this physically uncomfortable position so that we can be met more intensely and and more uh, um, intimately by the comforter himself. Fasting is us saying, hey, hey God, I'm going to give up this specific need or this specific uh, desire because I believe and I want to show it and give evidence that you are actually more worthy than this thing. And it's us saying that, God, I'll give this up because you actually are our higher priority than this specific thing. And what I have found is that when this is our heart posture, the Holy Spirit begins to work inside of us. He begins to do some really awesome things on the inside of us that uh, we can see overflow in our lives through our connection with him. Now, there, there's also this belief that, you know, well, I'll fast to get some things. You know, I'll fast to get God to do some things. And uh, if, I, if I fast, maybe God will do what I want him to do. But fasting moves us rather than God because God is already on the move. God has never stopped moving. It sort of helps us to catch up and to, to, to be where he is and to do what he is already doing. So how does, how does fasting nurture a fruitful connection with God? Well, it is by purging the undesirable, which unlocks our purpose, or I'm sorry, our potential and power. So the first thing that uh, fasting does is purges. So you can go ahead and drop in the chat right now the word purge. It purges. What do I mean by that? Well, purging happens on a fast because, you know, what happens is over, over time in our lives, we become so weighed down by the routine of our lives and, and we just become so distracted with all of the things that happens. And, and, and this stuff can cause us to forget, like, what are we even living for? You know, it can cause us to even forget, like, wait, what, what am I even, like, really here for? What, what am I doing? And fasting, what it does is that it begins to remove all of the distractions, all of the gunk, all of the inhibitions, all of the stuff in our souls that sort of limits and, and, and makes us uh, really, it makes it hard to really connect and to hear the Lord and to hear what he's saying and to partner with him. It gets all of that stuff sort of out. It purges all of those things. And um, like God isn't changing, you know, it doesn't change him. What happens is it sort of purges us and it allows us to hear and to see what heaven is doing, which makes us more effective on the earth. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you this story. It once was this entire group of people. They were facing a genocide, like this entire group of people. And they were living in constant anxiety, constant fear, because at any moment, at any given moment, they could lose their lives. Now, there happened to be this young lady who was in a position to possibly do something. She could maybe help this group of people, but helping them could literally cost her her life. So, of course, she is reluctant. Of course, she has some apprehension that she's like, I don't know if this is something I want to get involved in. But after some convincing, she agrees to talk to the powers that be, to try to advocate for this group of people. And being a woman of faith, the first thing she did, this is so fascinating. The first thing she did was she said, hey, I'm going to go on a fast. And in fact, I'm going to ask more people to fast with me and for me. 
And what happens is that she realizes that I need to purge myself of all the fear, of all the worry, of all the anxiety, of all the confusion, of all the doubt, because I really need to be more focused. I need to be more effective. I need to be more full of the wisdom of God, of the favor of God. I need to create space for him to work through me in this critical, crucial conversation. Now, this is the true story of Queen Esther in the book of Esther. She rescues her entire people, but it started with a fast. And it is so fascinating because Esther fasts in faith not knowing what the outcome would be, but she believed that as she positioned herself to be purged, that God would actually protect her, God would provide for her, and God would give her everything that she needed to make uh, deliverance possible for her people. You know, maybe you are a business owner right now and you're trying to navigate how does business look in this crisis, or maybe you have to solve some high-level complex issues on your job, or maybe there's some conversations that you need to have that you have been avoiding, or maybe you're a parent who just needs some more wisdom and some more grace. Maybe there's some relational tensions around you in your life. Well, can I encourage you that if you fast, if you go on a fast, what will happen is the Lord will begin to purge the undesirable and it will make space for more effectiveness, for more focus, for more clarity, for more favor in your life. So once the Holy Spirit, through fasting, once, once he begins to purge, that begins to unlock potential. So go ahead and drop the word potential in the chat right now. So what do I mean by potential? Potential is literally our spiritual capacity. It is this idea of, you know, as we grow with Jesus, as we go uh, through, through life and just through uh, just a, a history of connecting with him, what happens is our spiritual capacity grows, our capacity to believe, our capacity to have faith, our capacity to trust in him, it grows. And fasting actually can accelerate that growth, that uh, growth of capacity to trust him and to partner with him. So I'll give you this visual example. So take this water bottle for example, right? This, ironically, it's a Starbucks water bottle. This, this bottle has the potential and the uh, capacity to hold 20 ounces of water. And, you know, the cup represents us before the fast. The water represents the Holy Spirit. And on a fast, when, when we begin to uh, supplement, you know, the thing that we're fasting with time in God's presence, maybe through worship or reading our Bible or, or, or doing other things, what happens is that on the fast, God doesn't just fill us up, but he increases our entire capacity to partner with him. And I, I know it's a, it's a counterintuitive idea, but God, he doesn't just fill us up. He increases our potential to be full. And it's, it's like I get an upgrade in this fast. Now, I think the, the, the greatest example of this is in the book of Mark with the disciples, Jesus' disciples, they are awesome. I love them. Um, they teach us a lot of things. And this is what it says in Mark 6, verse 7. Jesus gathered the 12 disciples and imparted to them his authority to cast out demons. And then if we jump down to verse 13, it says, 
they cast out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. So in Mark 6, the disciples, it, it tells us that Jesus gave them his authority. It didn't say that Jesus gave them uh, a little bit of his authority or a prototype of his authority. Um, it says that he freely gave them his authority and that they saw healing after healing. They were seeing deliverance. This was a norm for them. But then if we jump ahead in Mark to Mark 9, the disciples run across a little boy who has a demon that they cannot cast out. This would have caught them completely off guard. They would have been completely surprised. You know, they probably were like, hey, yeah, yeah, bring the kid to me. Bring him to me. Come on, come on. You know, lay their hands on him. Nothing happens. They're like, wait a second. Is this thing this thing broken or something? Like they would have been completely surprised. Their norm was breakthrough. Their norm was seeing miracle after miracle, um, you know, healing after healing. Of course, Jesus, he steps on the scene and in seconds, Jesus casts the demon out. So they are surprised and they're taken aback and they're like, Jesus, what's up? Like, why couldn't we cast out this demon? And Jesus says something that's so important in Mark 9 that we have to pay attention to. This is what he says. This type of powerful spirit can only come out by fasting and prayer. What is Jesus saying? Well, I'll tell you what he's not saying. Jesus isn't saying, hey, hey guys, you haven't, you haven't earned it. Sorry, you haven't done enough work yet to cast out a demon like this. You know, he wouldn't say that, right? He freely gave him his authority. So why would he now start to talk about works and, 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 and earning it? So no, no, I don't believe that that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying what I believe Jesus is saying is that you had the authority, guys, but this type of demon required more spiritual capacity. It required more capacity to be filled with faith. It required more capacity for Holy Spirit power. It required more capacity for trust in me. Jesus is saying, hey, guys, you can't put out a, a house fire with a super soaker. You, you actually need a fire hose to put out a house fire, you know, uh, putting it in terms in the terms that we learned last week, Jesus is saying, guys, it is actually uh, more important to have authority over activity. It's, it's less about how many demons you've cast out, about how many sick people you've healed. It's, it's actually about nurturing a secret history with God. It's about, it's about actually nurturing history with him. And fasting can do that for you. Fasting will give you a uptick in capacity to partner with Jesus. What if he's actually saying to us today, COVID-19, this type of virus, it will leave as the church comes together and gives fast and prays. I believe that there's an invitation for us to position ourselves for more capacity, more potential to partner with heaven. And what happens is heaven's resources, heaven's solutions will begin to be released as our potential upgrades. And we will see more healings. We'll see more breakthrough as the Lord uses us. Fasting increases our potential to release the kingdom of God. So fasting purges and that releases and unlocks potential, but it also unlocks power. And you can go ahead and drop a lightning bolt emoji in the comments right now. And if you can't find it, just say what he said, you know, just drop that in the comments. What do I mean by power? So first and foremost, power represents God's power. 
it, it represents the power of God. And oftentimes we see this link between fasting and the power of God. Fasting and God's ability, his divine ability being released in situations. And in Luke 4, Jesus fasts. He goes on a 40-day fast. He goes into the wilderness. And the Bible tells us that he went into the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit. But it makes a point to say that he left full of the Holy Spirit's power. And then Jesus started his ministry. See, in the kingdom, power is connected to relationship. It flows from relationship. The more connected we are to the source, the easier it'll be, the more natural it'll be to flow in and to experience the power of God. So Jesus, he spends 40 days connecting with God. And what happens? That, that, that increases his capacity to carry Holy Spirit power as he steps into the space of emotionally and mentally and uh, spiritually depending on God. As he just connects with him relationally, his capacity to carry Holy Spirit begins to expand. And what we're doing when we fast is we, we are relationally connecting with God. We are investing in our relationship with him. We're strengthening our relationship with him. And the byproduct of that, it's not the goal, but the byproduct of that is we will experience more of his power. We will experience more grace, more divine ability to do what we cannot do on our own. Now, the Holy Spirit also shows us in fasting and this word power here, it also represents our own willpower. Now, what is willpower in the kingdom? It is our, our will or our desires submitted to the authority of God. The Holy Spirit shows us through fasting that as we, we fast through God's grace, we're actually in the driver's seat of our desires. Like fasting shows us that, that by God's power, we, we actually are not controlled by our, our desires, but we control them. And fasting gives us the opportunity to submit specific things, specific needs or desires to the Lord for a limited amount of time. And what happens is that that ability begins to overflow and it snowballs into other areas of our lives. And fasting begins to act as evidence, as a memory stone that if I could do this, then I can submit other things in my life. And we, we become so confident in the fact that I don't have to live as a slave to my impulses. This is what fasting in faith will unlock. And so fasting releases God's power and it strengthens our willpower. And these two combined looks like a more victorious life. God releases the grace, the power to experience victory in our day-to-day -day lives. And I don't know about you, but I need God's power in this COVID-19 crisis. I, I need God's power as a father. I need God's power as a, a brother, as a husband, as a dad, uh, as a friend, as a leader. I need his power in all of these areas. And what I believe God is saying to us right now is that he doesn't just want to fill us up, but he wants to increase our capacity to be full. I believe God wants to increase your capacity to carry supernatural peace, where what used to cause you anxiety no longer does because you have been upgraded, or what used to cause you fear no longer does because your capacity to carry love has been upgraded. This is what the Lord wants to do in our lives. 
he wants to uh, uh, increase our ability to partner with him spiritually. To quote the great psalmist, Beyonce, the Holy Spirit is saying right now, let me upgrade you. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just, I couldn't help it, folks. I, I really couldn't. Drop in the chat right now. We're, we're so curious. What, what's one area in your life that you would love to experience and upgrade in right now? So this, this is how I have found fasting to work in my life, and this is how I found it to work in other people's lives as well. And on the last fast that I did, my wife and I did it together. We joined our church-wide fast that we had here a few weeks ago, and it was an incredible time for us. It, was, it wasn't easy, but it was an incredible time of breakthrough. It actually was a point of breakthrough for our family in this current crisis. And I want you to check out this video and uh, just watch as we share our experience on that fast. So on our last church-wide fast, uh, Sharon and I felt led to fast in two different ways. Sharon fasted until 3 p.m. I felt like the Lord was inviting me to do a um, complete liquid fast, meaning fast everything except for liquids. Day one, uh, you know, I started the fast and it was hard because day one is always difficult. But day two comes around and Sharon is preparing her 3 p.m. meal and it looks <laughs> delicious. Everything on a fast looks delicious, by the way, like just looks good. So I started to think to myself, well, maybe God actually didn't say that. Maybe I'm being religious or something. I'm going to just eat right now. So I ended up eating with Sharon and um, I went all the way in that day. I even picked up uh, cinnamon buns or cinnamon rolls at the store like 10 p.m. They were great. And the next day I wake up, I'm spending time with the Lord and I get so convicted and just the Lord reminded me that I told you to do a specific thing. And um, I just learned in that moment that, you know, fasting really is about doing what God has asked you to do and not comparing yourself to other people. So it was just uh, just a really good time, a rich time for me. How about you, Cher? So for me, it was actually extremely challenging because I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old and they just did not realize I was fasting. So we worshiped a lot and we uh, prayed a lot throughout the day, especially when I was hungry and they got to eat their lunch. Uh, but when I would put them down for a nap, I got to really engage in devotional time. And after that, the results of this fast were just incredible for me. I know um, I have been actually following the coronavirus since it got to China because I teach kids in China. And I saw the isolation and all of the things that it was causing over there. So this fast came at a perfect time because I dealt with a lot of fear. Um, I have a lot of family who's in healthcare right now. My dad is a nurse and my mom works at a clinic. And you know, I have a lot of family who live in big cities and this coronavirus, I just had so much knowledge about it beforehand that I was dealing with a lot of fear during this time. And so the fast came at a perfect time because the Lord really after the fast broke off a lot of fear and I had a lot of peace and I just had a lot of strength and I really felt the Lord say like I 
am covering you and your family and even your church family um, in this time. And so I felt a lot of breakthrough and I'm so grateful that I got to do this fast. Yep, so that's our experience with fasting. Listen, I believe that right now the Lord is saying that, hey, everything that feels comfortable isn't always good for us. And everything that is uncomfortable isn't always bad for us. And fasting is in that uncomfortable category. But I believe that there is an invitation to try unique things in this unique season that we are living through right now. There is an invitation to begin to connect with the Lord, to build a history with him in some unique ways that you maybe have never tried before. Listen, you, you heard Sharon's story, how this fast for her, it actually broke off COVID-19 related fear. And I believe the Holy Spirit is giving an invitation right now. He's, he's saying, hey, try me in this. Watch what I'll do. Watch that, you know, I'll purge the undesirable and, and I'll begin to uncover potential and power in your life. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.